Hi colleagues, you're listening to RevCycle Talks Podcast. My name is Daniel Brooks and I'll be your host. I'm the Senior Vice President of Enterprise Solutions at Extend Healthcare. And while we'll not be listening to country music during this podcast, we are coming to you live through the airwaves at Extend's headquarters in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. I decided to start the podcast as there's a lack of collaboration within the industry. Sure, there's conferences where panels speak and we attend education sessions, but it seems like that there's a deficit of channels to get important content delivered consistently and cost-effectively. I envision this podcast to be the place where we can meet, share stories, talk about the industry, discuss any trends that we're seeing and any upcoming legislative and or regulatory changes that may affect us all. We get our podcast ideas from customers and industry experts, including listeners. So feel free to contact me at dbrooks at extendhealthcare.net with any suggestions for topics. In the meantime, thank you for joining today. Sit back, listen close, and let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Linda Corley, Extend Healthcare's Chief Compliance Officer, and we're going to be talking about quality assurance today and some of the benefits of implementing a robust quality assurance program at your facility. Uh, Linda, welcome to the show. Good morning. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. So, Linda, you know, as, as we think about kind of the nature of compliance, uh, and you know some of the very complicated regulations and procedures you know that go on in healthcare. What are some of the ways that you see a hospital as being able to stay up to date on all the various compliance issues that are at hand today? Well, of course, I do think it's an ongoing process, uh, and one of the ways I think to develop uh, not only knowledge of the team uh, within the healthcare system, particularly in billing and follow-up uh, for collections, is to ensure the health system is carrying out some timely reviews of how accounts are being resolved so that we look at uh, in appropriate instructions or guidance for different workflows, for different processes that uh, the uh, business office or PFS may be carrying out for uh, account adjustments or simply understanding in order to have compliant collections what are the processes we should go through to ensure cash is being collected we like to say at an optimum amount not maximum but optimum for each payer and particularly understanding the level of proficiency uh, that our team members are operating with. So we are uh, continuously carrying out audits. We use those audits for review of compliance with particular regulations, and we use those audits to ensure if a particular team member uh, is missing a skill or a level of knowledge that he or she needs that we are working with that individual employee to improve their performance in the area of compliance and optimum cash collection. 
Okay, so it sounds like you're. It sounds like you have an audit team that is keeping up with all the regulations, like uh, you know the OIG um, websites, monitoring CMS updates, things like that, and then those auditors are responsible for. Um, for making sure that they are educating the team members on those new regulations and then also responsible for adhering to the compliance of those new regulations. Does that make sense? Yes, okay. uh, that is what we carry out. And then we encourage um, those hospitals, those health systems that we are working with uh, to be involved. We use a national uh, regulatory news uh, agency that reports to us on a daily basis what is changing. That helps us identify not only national changes as far as reimbursement methodology, but it also allows us to tune into specific states that are changing their regulations. We also, of course, uh, are part of the Medicare, the CMS website. Uh, and the bulletins that they send out uh, almost on a weekly basis. So we are taking that body of knowledge, any updates to regulations, any new regulations, and almost uh, reducing it to how should these uh, changes be carried out in the tasks that we're performing. So not only uh, are our auditors looking at individual account resolution, but they're bringing into those account reviews any changes or updates that we see that need to be made uh, in order to change from year to year. If we're going from, you know, 2018 to 2019, getting ready for 2020, we want to be sure that we are, um, as, I, as I mentioned, summarizing and training our particular employees on what's coming up in the near future to ensure that we're staying one step ahead. And we encourage our hospitals to carry those um, workflows, work processes out as well to understand not only the regulations themselves, but how should we be incorporating those regulations into our everyday tasks. And so uh, you mentioned a news agency. What Do you have the name of that agency? Yes, we subscribe to the MSA Capital Monitor. Okay. As I mentioned, it is a national regulatory and legislative news service that simply tracks both proposed and then enacted uh, regulations or laws that will make a change for us in our daily workflows and processes. That's perfect. We'll put a link in the uh, podcast so that our listeners can uh, have access to that information as well. And then, you know, something that you mentioned, um, which I think hits, hits dear to me, um, is that, you know, that you encourage um, and try to motivate the staff to uh, pursue education because that's the uh, probably the number one way I think we would agree on is to maintain compliance is to educate folks and what are what are some of the ways that you try to do that um, or that you suggest our listeners try to do um, is there is there any type of licensure that they obtain or credentials or you know is it all on the job training kind of how do you motivate them um, there are definitely national programs that uh, we encourage and then we also provide um, learning to our particular 
individual employees who are interested not only in um, you know, achieving a greater level of understanding of their particular job role, but also attaining uh, national certifications that will help them move ahead in their career, and then simply understand revenue cycle uh, as an entire process rather than a particular job role. So of course we are involved with HFMA. We offer uh, training on the CRCR. We also provide our leadership team members with the opportunity uh, to study for the CHFP. We are involved with AHAM and understanding their particular uh, credentials. Uh, so we, we believe that by offering additional learning opportunities, not only um, are our staff more motivated to understand, um, to me, what I see as the big picture of revenue integrity, compliant processes as far as understanding not only uh, collections, accounts receivable, but also finance and making sure compliance uh, reaches throughout our organization. Uh, even with something as simple as talking to a patient on the phone, we want to be sure that our employees are know about TCPA and all of the other regulations now that are affecting us. So it is almost a daily endeavor for us to understand through our quality assurance program the level of knowledge, the skill base that our employees are currently performing at, and then also encouraging them to think about where do they want to be six months from now or a year from now. So we are adding to their knowledge base and their skills uh, to get ahead in their career and to work toward, like I mentioned, higher understanding of the job they're carrying out. And when you say we provide, does that mean that, um, that uh, you you feel like it's appropriate and, and uh, it's what Extend does is to provide them with actually uh, the materials and to, and to pay for the exam. Is that kind of how that works? Yes, we have several different programs, as I mentioned, both for HFMA and for AHAM, uh, simply to make the, the learning materials available and then to assist that employee uh, with with his or her attaining that exam passing and then we will reimburse that particular employee for that um, that test that certification level uh, in some cases we offer uh, a small salary increase in others we you know will provide the exam free of charge to that individual so we are looking at every opportunity we can to encourage come across right uh, to encourage encourage learning and greater development. Okay, that's perfect. Um, I guess you know you talked to, you talked a little bit about how um, ensuring compliance is a is an ongoing event. It, do you have like a certain number of of uh, predetermined hours, or how, how do you make sure that every employee gets the the training and the compliance assistance that they need? We do. Um, generally, we set our number of education hours at 24 per year for each individual employee, and we structure our education or our training toward the job role they are currently carrying out, 
But then we also offer additional sessions or learning activities if they want to move into a different job role. So those 24 hours to begin with are very job specific. It may be in the area of billing, collections, uh, self-pay collections. We want to be sure that, as I mentioned, we are looking uh, about changing uh, regulations within healthcare. First of all, we are going to focus on basic skills when that uh, new employee comes in, and then we're going to provide continuing education sessions so that on an annual basis we understand the level both of knowledge and performance a particular team member can carry out. Um, it, and it's very important that our training tools first of all, meet all of the regulatory requirements, then we want to, at times, make those specific training tools for our clients' needs insofar as um, how they may have a particular patient accounting system established, uh, are there ways that we can follow through with specific tasks that they have identified that will flow over to our employees to help them to be more efficient, uh, to reach a higher level of productivity, and certainly to reach that accuracy percentage that we are interested in maintaining on a daily basis. So we have training tools that we have developed, such as a color-coded UBO4. That's, of course, the hospital claim form that we have identified what an extend employee can make changes to that represents compliant billing practices, and then are there circumstances which we would ask our customer, our client hospital, to advise us on a particular uh, lack of information or additional information we may need in order to submit that claim in a compliant manner and to uh, achieve or reach that optimum reimbursement that we're after. So, you know, you mentioned that you are tailoring the uh, QA strategy by job role, um, but can you go into a little more detail and describe how specifically you are um, editing the, the material to make sure that it's tailored towards a specific person? Yes. Um, one of the, of course, more important practices for us is to ensure our Medicare billing and collection staff understand those CMS regulations. And of course, CMS has identified billing uh, as an activity that sometimes can contain fraudulent activity. So we want to be sure that our Medicare training materials are very specific for the regulations. And then we, when we are serving a customer in a specific state, uh, if we look at our Medi-Cal hospitals, again, we want to train uh, our employees or we want to develop our training materials very specific to what's required to be reflected on that Medi-Cal claim to ensure that it's processing appropriately and being paid in a compliant manner. When we move out of those government um, areas of reimbursement, of course, we know our private payers Often these days, contract terms are very specific. So as we implement a new customer or client, we want to look at the payers that that particular hospital or health system represents. We want to come up with written guidelines 
almost on a per project basis because we know even if two hospitals have the very same patient accounting system, it may be set up differently uh, depending on how that hospital determined their system should operate. So we will have a written set of instructions for each project. We ask our client, our customer, to work with us on those to be sure that we are meeting their expectations. And we encourage our hospitals even to use uh, our guidelines at times just because we have gone through the process of reducing all of the activities or tasks to step-by-step -step instructions about how a particular uh, billing process will be carried out or uh, something simple as perhaps a secondary claim. You know, uh, a lot of hospitals are still sending some secondary claims uh, by mail, so we want to be sure that we understand the steps of that process, we have a written guideline for that workflow, uh, and that we follow it consistently. Because one of the most important parts of compliance to us is that each of our employees carry out the same task if it can be defined the same for a particular payer or customer, or even sometimes it's something as simple as what we know is required to contact that particular patient and asks questions in order to get the patient responsibility collected. We want to go way down in the weeds almost to ensure that we have those guidelines or instructions. We have trained on those and then we're following up with our quality program to ensure those hospital specific instructions are being carried out. So I think that the message that I'm hearing from you is that, you know, if I'm a VP of RevCycle and I'm and I'm at an individual facility, that I can't I can't really just take some HFMA modules and then and then say that that's that's my compliance training or that that's my training. What I'm hearing from you is that that you really want to make sure that these individual VPs are customizing their content for their specific patient accounting system, for their specific set of payers, um, and for what state that they're in and what job function that that these individual um, that these VPs are are managing over. So it's it's a much more complicated procedure than just kind of saying here is some um, standard education modules and we're gonna and we're gonna provide them so it's, it's pretty interesting because when I when I go out and I talk to to different VPs of revenue cycle about their training program you know they, they mention things like oh yeah well we we get some updates from uh, HFMA and we use those and I think that a lot of times people think that that's best practice and what I hear you saying is is that that's a good start but but that that's just that as a, as a start and that in, in really in order to be effective it really needs to hone in on, on the specifics of what they're encountering at the time. Yes, I do completely agree and that's why we spend so much time in understanding individual hospitals or health systems or physician practices and understanding how to uh, really assist even with some of their training to be sure that it is very specific to what their needs may be. Um, and I think you are completely right in that beginning with some high level, uh, particularly uh, revenue cycle, revenue integrity, 
educational sessions is very important, but then we must follow through with how are we going to carry out a particular task, make sure that that task is compliant, and then do I have someone reviewing to understand our level of performance? Are we accurate? And can we improve or make that process more efficient uh, if we have a written guideline or if we reduce a particular activity to the four steps that need to be carried out? And I'll say again, consistency to me you know, is the beauty of compliance. If I can train my team members to not only understand what needs to be done, but uh, be able to carry out those steps or that workflow or that process in the same manner each time we encounter a particular problem with an account that I know we're going to be compliant, I know that we're going to be earning the appropriate cash for that particular healthcare facility, and, and we're go going to be able to work in a partnership uh, with that client or that customer, which is what's important to us. Absolutely. Well, well, Ms. Linda, thanks for joining us today to talk a little bit about quality assurance and some of the training and compliance topics that we discussed. You know, I think that um, we'd like to have you back on the show to continue talking about um, some uh, regulatory updates and some changes in the future um, that that is most certainly to happen, especially with um, you know the uh, presidential debates going. We yes. see a lot of uh, we see a lot of healthcare implications in some of those debates. So I think that the one thing that's certain is that healthcare is going to continue to be a changing uh, environment, yes. and so we definitely want to invite you back to have um, some discussion about that. But thank you for stopping by today to talk about quality, and we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. All right. Have a great day. You too.